What's up, Black Band Club? It's your boy Ryan Davis, and I'm in your city. It's all coming together. It can be a family reunion. Yo, what's up, Black Band? What's up, everybody? Yo, all my people, all my Caribbean brothers, my Haitian brothers, my Zimbabwe, hey. Nigeria, everybody. Black Band, come see your band. Welcome to Black Band Club, a digital platform dedicated to Black culture, talent, and events in Vancouver, Canada. And joining us today is the incredible Roy Wood Jr. Roy, welcome to Canada and to our platform. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. That's How are a, you liking the, it so it's far? It's the day after Thanksgiving, I think. It's a Saturday. Oh, are you, oh yeah, no, American it's American Thanksgiving. Sorry, yeah, I don't know yeah. the conversion rates. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Are there any things that you find or enjoy or find quirky about um, Canadian audiences and anything that differs to American ones? They're generally nicer, um, you know, but it, it's hard to say because, you know, at the time of this interview, we would have only done the eastern, you know, Atlantic yeah. provinces. And I know we're going to, we're slowly inching our way, Ottawa, Toronto, Calgary. And then we'll be over there by y'all by the end of everything. Mm -hmm. So I would imagine it's no different than America, where the rural cities are a lot more closely knit and laugh harder. Uh, mm -hmm. I can tell you this much in St. John's, you start anywhere where it's super cold and rural. Yeah. Them carbon tax jokes was hitting good. <laughs> they yeah, want to talk about that. I've been watching Canadian television. I've been watching the House of Commons. I thought this was a scripted show. I didn't know this was y'all's <laughs> government for real. I I was just like, what TV show? Why do these white people in suits keep yelling at each other? Yeah, it gets it gets crazy. It gets That's crazy. That's all they do. It's like battle rapping, but for politics. Like y'all take yeah. turns, you get a set amount of time. <laughs> this guy's a gangster. His real name's Clarence. No. Yeah, I've been Vancouver. Thankfully, I've been to before. Most of the cities on this tour, I've never seen, never even heard of. Couldn't have found it on the map before. Yeah, I wouldn't have known anything about Moncton, New Brunswick. Oh yeah, I've never you been know. either. Had a great time. Asked him about the crime in Moncton. He said it's rampant drugs and prostitution. I said, oh. oh, that is that is not crime. That is recreation. I'm an American. Oh my I'm, God. I'm asking about the murder. Who murdering here? That's what that's that's what I'm worried about. I don't know if you've seen the footage from America. They be murdering. I mean, they, I think it's just a common thread with black people. We want to know where the danger is. You know? Literally. <laughs> Yo, that's I said, hey man. How do I need to make moves? Do I need to just state it? Because, you know, you'll ask a local where to go. Yeah. And, you know, somebody, they'll have you on the wrong side of town. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I can't be over there. Like, you know, because it's like, I think, like, white people are seeing you somewhere where you shouldn't be as a black person. And then yeah. black people sometimes will go, oh, no, go to this spot. It's a good spot. Yeah, but if that spot is in a certain hood and I'm not rolling with a local, you need... You know how it is. Like, yeah, the, no. the hood is same right. all over. You got to be with a local in certain spots so you can make moves the right way. Obviously, you spent a large amount of your time on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. And that show definitely has a big impact, not just in the U.S., but for us as well in Canada, especially with you and Trevor on TV 
for Black audiences and Black people, seeing you guys night after night, speaking on important issues, that definitely was impactful, especially for us, for me anyway, personally. Um, and I just like to acknowledge that impact that you guys have. And now that it's kind of, you know, drawn to a close and you've had some time to reflect, like, what can you say about how your time with Trevor on there uh, and the legacy that you guys helped build? Just speak to that. I don't know. Some reflections on that and the legacy that you had. Trevor was stellar at being able to come to a country he's not from and be mm-hmm. able to help present different sides to an issue to help people look at it differently. You know, yeah. I think a lot of people off the top, you know, they wanted him to be the battering ram, like what John Stewart was, but John Stewart as an American is always going to approach these topics from a different emotional place um, than an out of towner. But I think what people learned over time under Trevor's <laughs> regime, you know, seven years is a long time, man. And to be here and, learn a lot about a culture, but then know when to joke, but more importantly, when to not joke. Mm-hmm. To me, some of Trevor's most poignant moments, they weren't they weren't him trying to be funny. It was him trying to make sense of situations. You know, we were off the air when the George Floyd um, footage was released in 2020. And when we came mm-hmm. back on the air a week later, our country was burning. Yeah. So... It was an interesting place for him to also start the conversation, but also to give space to the people that were on the ground doing all of the work as mm-hmm. well. So, you know, the, the thing that I've all that I will always appreciate about the Daily Show is that I got an opportunity. You know, we did I did a number of stories on any topic you can name, but mm-hmm. I also love the fact that I was also able to tell stories about the black experience, Mm -hmm. you know, in America, which I believe connects to everything else, you know, culturally, globally. Yeah. I was never told no in that building. The only Mm -hmm. thing that the only issue with most stories at the daily show is that you do not have time because Mm -hmm. there's always a bigger story. There's always some, there's a personnel, there's a manpower issue. So, you know, that's the only thing that kept certain stories from happening. But, you know, I got to go to cover the 20th anniversary of the Million Man March. I was in Atlanta last wow. year um, to cover a police training facility that's going to severely impact black and brown communities uh, once it's built and mm-hmm. damage the environment. So it, it's it's been it's really it really was an honor for the last eight years to be able to do that and do it with a team of people that know how to create, help you make that point, but mm-hmm. still make it fun so hopefully someone listens. I mean, I can tell you that it definitely resonated. And we were listening across the border. Like, we were watching, we were on, us, on social media, the clips, everything. It was impactful because that was definitely a, a big event. It was a seismic event. You spoke about uh, George Floyd. You know, there were protests organized in Vancouver. You know, we felt that like that was a painful moment for anyone in the black diaspora and anyone identifies black. I mean, that pain, you it doesn't matter where you're from, like the States, Canada, right. those same themes, they apply everywhere. You know, the, the yeah. race, the police, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember around that same time and I think it was in 2020, it may have been the year after, but, you know, there was a serious police issue and I think it was in Toronto um, 
around that yeah. same time. But, you know, it, there's, we have the gift and the curse at the Daily Show of being able to talk about anything. But the curse is that we have to be able to make it funny. Mm-hmm. There's a thousand other media outlets you can go to to get the information. We're supposed to be the one that adds a little commentary and hopefully a little chuckle. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that media. that must be difficult. Like, it obviously it's something that you do, but it's when something is so raw and fresh, it can be a little bit challenging, or maybe it's not. I don't know. You can speak to that. You just have to give it time. Mm-hmm. Have to give it time. So you're not always going to be in a position to make something, and it's not your. It shouldn't be your mission mm-hmm. first. Your mission should be to be the most poignant and to have the most unique opinion. And sometimes that takes a minute to cook up. So, you know, I'm never in a rush. Yeah. Do you think that maybe your roots, um, like in Alabama, your father, just how that has helped you throughout your career and speaking on important Black issues? Yeah, I, you know, my father, you know, for the people who don't know, my father was a journalist who covered, you know, the Soweto riots in South Africa, mm-hmm. uh, the Civil War in Rhodesia, well, Zimbabwe now. Yeah, right? I'm from Zimbabwe, actually. Yeah. Okay, so my daddy was there getting shot at. Wow. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> wow, like, that's crazy. Uh, same game in Vietnam, same game um, with the civil rights movement in America, which in a way was its own type of civil war. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, he definitely was no nonsense, you know, and as I got older into my thirties and forties, I started realizing, Oh yeah, I am just like him. I just have to figure mm. out how to make it. I got, I just got to make you chuckle with it though. I'm not, yeah. I'm not as cold blooded as my pop. <laughs> I'm sure obviously with the more heavy stuff, there was some lighthearted fun as well on set. I'm sure. Are there any like favorite moments that you had on set whilst working with Trevor and the cast and everything? Oh, I mean, too many to name, but, you know, I will forever be grateful to Jordan Klepper, um, Mm -hmm. who has repeatedly shown me the ropes on how to move in large crowds of people. Yeah. Um, You know, and, you know, and my partner, Ronnie Chang, you know, you know, Ronnie and I shared an office for you. Like, this is how close Ronnie and I were. Ronnie was the first person to find out that I had a child on the way. Wow. He was in the office when I got the call. So it was like, yo, this is, you know, these are, these are, these are really good people. Um, just, so, I'm trying to think of anything like any like crazy wild story. <laughs> I'm but sure they that, are. But but most of that stuff is like I'm trying not to get people fired. A lot of people. Oh, of course, no. I don't want anyone to get in trouble. I don't want. Don't share it if anyone's gonna get in trouble. I don't want any calls. <laughs> no, I'll tell you a story about a death threat I got one time. No, I'll tell okay. you that one. Now, okay. I, I didn't get death threats the way Trevor did or the way Hassan Minhaj did. And you know, I don't know if Klepper gets death threats. I know he gets like people like sending him like you know stinky messages and email, but. Mm. We covered, we were in Montana and we covered a pro gun rally where guns weren't allowed. Oh, wow. Let me say it again. A pro gun rally where you can't bring your gun. So I, the the, the game was simple. I'm going to just go here and ask all these people where your gun at. (laughs) And, 
And it was fine. It got laughs. Cool. Wow. Man, I go, I get back to work like two, three weeks later. I get a message from a guy, like, like Telegram, like a package. My man hand wrote a message. And in the box with it was a Bible. And in the message he wrote, I forgive you for what you've done to me. And then I open up the Bible and it's just all highlighted stuff about revenge and and vengeance is mine. And Oh, wow. And it was him basically saying, yo, I should have beat your ass, but I didn't because I love Jesus now. But I'm like, okay. You still thinking about beating my ass. I don't know how much oh. you really love Jesus. So, yeah, I ain't been back to Montana since 2019 is what I'm trying to tell you. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's, you know. that's wild. That's yeah, definitely wild. They're anxious to put hands on me, and I don't mean prayer. Oh, my God. Wow. Well, <laughs> I don't know if I should thank you for sharing that, but uh, we're thankful <laughs> that you're still here <laughs> and you can be with mm-hmm. us today for sure. Just, I guess, lastly, just to wrap it up, there are a lot of like aspiring, you know, uh, black comedians out there. Just wondering, like, for the black van community, our audience, like, you know, what unconventional piece of advice that you could give to them that you wish you had? Hang with people who have goals, mm-hmm. not complaints. There's no reason to be around anybody that doesn't believe in themselves because they damn sure can't help you mm-hmm. believe in themselves. You need to run, you know, you know, it's like those geese really are a great analogy, Canadian geese, where mm-hmm. one geese is doing all the work and the rest are kind of drafting off that one, but they all take turns being the lead goose. goose you know mm-hmm. what the hell I'm trying to say. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you need to run with people. You need to run with people. They they don't have to have the same goals as you. They didn't have to have the same wants as you, Mm. but they have to have passion and you have to be around passionate people. And if you're around passionate people, then everything else will fall into place. I spent so much time because comedians are cynics by nature, Mm. But it didn't have to be like that. I spent a lot of time around people who just didn't believe in themselves. And it made me question myself sometimes. And that's not, Mm. and I wasn't, I didn't allow myself the grace of being able to be dumb and just dream big. Just to wrap up, you've got the show coming up in Vancouver, November 25th at the Queen Elizabeth Theater. Uh, Is there anything special you'd like to say to fans over here in Vancouver before the big night? I'm just anxious for everybody to come out. And, you know, mm. I was hoping we could have two shows so you could bring the person you're cheating with. But unfortunately, oh, you're going to have to choose your main person. We only got one show. Right. <laughs> so you got to bring your main chick. Or just bring the side chick. I don't know. I mean, bring whoever you want, you know. Well, <laughs> thank you so, so much. It was a pleasure chatting with you. We'll see you on November 25th. Okay, we will do. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. My name is Samara Joy, and this is my first time in Vancouver. But if you're from here, join the Black Band Club. What's up, Black Band Club? It's your boy Ryan Davis, and I'm in your city. Let's all come together. It can be a family reunion. 
Yo, what's up, Black Fan? What's up, everybody? Yo, all my people, all my Caribbean brothers, my Haitian brothers, my Zimbabwe, Nigeria, everybody. Black Fan, come see your band.